Welcome to Business and Money Mentors. Together, Mia, your business mentor, and Bonnie, Miss Money Boss, guide you on the need to knows to grow and manage your business successfully. Hello, and welcome to this very lovely, warm summer day. And as usual, we are going to check in on the news of the day and what's going on in money and business. So welcome, Bonnie, to our show. Hi, Mia. How are you today? I'm fabulous today. Aren't there certain days that you wake up just so excited about life? Yeah, absolutely. More than others. Yeah. Today's one of those days. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's a manifesting day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is. It is. So, well, I think... I was, oh my, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just laughing because I was like thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what are we manifesting? Yesterday, last night, I was speaking on the stage for the first time in forever. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get speaking gigs. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And I didn't even know that that's what we were going to be talking about today. I know. Isn't that cool? You and I both spoke um in uh, October, November, that was when we last spoke together, and uh, I think separately, but we do a lot of interviews. Right, right, right. But I'll tell you, you know, it it still is a little different than being on the stage, you know, like... It is. And, you know, and especially, like, if you're standing up in front of a room full of people, and some of them, like, might be, like, even two feet away from you or less sometimes, you know, which was the case last night. So, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that goes into, like, how to get a speaking gig and how to be a good speaker. So I'm really excited to learn from today to see what Carrie has to say. Awesome. So before we bring on our guest, Carrie Millspaw, I want to ask you, what tip of the week do you want to share regarding money, Ms. Moneyball? So a tip of the week regarding money is that... I really want you to pay down your credit card bills. And the reason is is that interest rates recently just got jacked up. So if you're carrying around balances on your credit cards, you're now going to be paying higher interest rates than you were even two months ago. So try and get those credit cards paid off. And just use them and then pay them off and use them and pay them off. I'm not telling you not to use credit cards, but try and use them and get them paid off. Fabulous. And and I used to be a banker, as you know, and I agree with um, Bonnie 100%. Keep them um, paid off as much as possible. If you have to carry some credit, make sure that it's only 30%. Um, it really is important because... They take a certain amount for interest, and they take a certain amount to actually pay it off. So, like, if you have a car loan, remember, it takes a while to pay off the interest before they start doing the principal. So, if you're paying on time or before, 
what you should do when you're, if you're not caught up, get caught up and then call it in like five days before and make sure that they apply as much as possible towards the principal because it can go from anywhere from a 50% going towards principal to, you know, 75, 80% of your payment being paid off that way of, you know, just that one payment, but it does work really fast on paying off your debt. So that's a very good advice, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, Let's bring on our guest. We are so excited how to get booked for speaking gigs with our, well, one of my favorite people, Ms. Carrie Milstock. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Bonnie and Mia. I didn't know I was going to get a little little business tip there with credit cards. And for the record, I don't even use them. So there you oh, go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good job. Wonderful. So would you like to share a bit about um, your story with us, and then we're going to get into the uh, questions and answers. Fun stuff. Well, once upon a time, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, it's interesting. Mia knows my history, and um, it's so much fun to kind of look backward because we just keep evolving as people. But we're like, how did I get here? This is kind of the fun part of looking back and go, oh, this is how life just keeps working. Um, I I was hired as a publicist back in 2009 by a global business coaching company, which is the largest coaching company in the world. And the founder at the time wanted me to help him with his 52-city tour, and I booked his events, and it it was crazy. It was one of those things where you're like, am I really qualified for this, but I'm just gonna say yes and run with it because I really admired this man and learned a lot in the five years I was with them. Since then, I've grown my business, and I did coaching for a long time, and then life kind of pulled me back into pulling from my, my little skill bucket and my folder in my brain of publicity and booking people for stages. I kept seeing this gap between all these coaches and entrepreneurs that I just loved and ran with, you know, as colleagues, and this gap of meeting planners and corporate events that didn't know how to communicate to each other. Some didn't even know the other existed. So I thought, gosh, you know, how can I be the the bridge? How can I stand in the gap between these two powerhouses? These people are looking for excellent talent, and I know a lot of excellent talent. And some people don't even know they can get paid to speak on stage. They're so used to speaking to sell or paying to speak or speaking for promotional purposes. So that's kind of how I've landed in this new publicity and speaking role um, with my business, which I just love. I had to swallow my pride and go, I know I did this before, but it's okay to do it today. It's not about your past job from 2009. It's okay to bring this into your business today. So that's kind of the evolution of, of how I've landed into my PR marketing agency today. So you actually have a PR and marketing agency and so do you focus on, so are speakers like the clients that you focus on getting? Like, is that who your typical clientele is? They are my typical clientele uh, or anyone that wants to go into the speaking world, hasn't, hasn't really gotten into that arena yet, published authors. Um, anyone that's a public figure that needs a public brand, those are my people. So I don't work with, I've, well, yeah, I've pretty much never really got into the brick-and-mortar business at, at all. That's just not my cup of tea. So, yes, I work with, with those type of people. People that – I like to say I promote people with purpose. So those type of people that want to stand out and just spotlight and shine even brighter with their work. Mm, I love that. So I'm really curious 
about what the difference is between booking a paid speaking engagement, or sometimes we call that a keynote, versus Mm -hmm. to sell engagement? Well, first and foremost, I have an agency, a speaking agency, very similar to a speaking bureau. So when I work with a client or take somebody on for that, it's a percentage-based kind of engagement. So if there's no pay involved, it's not going to be something I'm going to play in because there's no money to be made. It's business. And you would appreciate okay. that, Bonnie. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. And that's good. So, no, I totally get that. So, so the people that you work with, like, you don't, you don't train them how to market themselves for speak-to-sell gigs? Like, they wouldn't pay you for that purpose? Actually, they do. Um, I've got a lot of new speakers that don't have a speaking brand that are brand new. The only part I don't really do, Bonnie, is actually listen to their talk and critique okay. the talk itself. I guess I do everything but that. I don't actually sit down with it. I can if it's on video. You know, if they've got a video right. from start to finish, I can do that. But it's not, it's not the same as sitting in the audience, as you know. It's very different than getting that vibe from a person on stage. So, but, but for their branding, helping them for signature talks, teaching them about the industry, how it works. So they're not relying on me. I don't want to enable anyone or make them think, oh, gosh, I'm only Carrie can book me. I can't do this on my own. I want them to organically get leads, too. And that's what happens. I'm kind of a launch pad for a lot of speakers as well. So what kind of expertise do you need to have to become a keynote or a paid speaker? That's a good question. Well, first and foremost, I look for people with a passion, you know, the passion to speak. And you, because you're speaking as well, you just were speaking recently, we think, because I'm a public speaker as well, we think, gosh, well, that's just so much fun. I can't believe I get paid to do this. This is fun and, and easy. But there's this huge percentage that would rather die than speak on stage. It's just the, it's their worst fear, public speaking. So we have to take it into consideration that we're a rare breed and that we deserve to get paid for that. Um, so that's kind of part of the mindset hmm. of being a public speaker. You know, oh, not I everybody would do that. You know, you're doing something that, think of like firefighters. Not everybody wants to be a fireman. That's a brave, bold move. They get paid for that. Same with public speaking, in my opinion. I'm against free speaking. You'll pick up on that as we talk. Um, mm-hmm. I believe everybody's value is, is worth their time and so on. It should be paid for it. But overall, I really, truly believe if you have a passion, a quality speaking voice, You know, some of us have a face for TV, some of us have a face for radio, some of us have a book Mm -hmm. for radio. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a good good speaking, obviously. Um, And those of us that aren't natural speakers, go to Toastmasters, get uh, get a speaker coach, get someone that helps you, you know, get that enunciation down so you feel confident on stage. That's important. But more than anything, again, I when I look at speakers to promote my agency, I'm looking at their why. Why did you choose to speak on stage? If it's ego-based, I'm going to probably pass you by. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking at your core being of why you want to do this. Why does your message need to be out there? And I think I posted this recently. It was an Albert Einstein post. It said, um, write something worth reading or do something worth writing about. What is your hook? What makes you so awesome? What is your expertise? Why are you the person that gets to talk about this? You know, and and a lot of us have some buried gifts that we forget and pull out and go, hey, just like Mia just did now, going, hey, I was a banker. I can add to this. We all have 
gifts inside of us that get to get shared, you know, and just kind of unleashing that power within you. So that's that's what I believe. It's the belief inside of you and what drives you. It's what makes you a great speaker. I love that. It's very passion-driven, passion-oriented, isn't it? Yes. Because it takes a lot you know of energy what? to get up there. So if you don't have that passion inside of you, you'll, you'll dwindle off. Yeah. Right. And I always say, connect to the energy of the people. You're there to help as many, but you know you're going to help at least one. So when you go with that beautiful um, essence about you, it, you're not thinking about you, right? You get out of yourself and you're getting in the present moment to help yes. other people. And so I think that that's a, a beautiful part of speaking because, as you mentioned, it's not everybody's cup of tea, and it can be very nerve-wracking. I generally tend, you know, if it's a big auditorium and there's a side wing or something or a green room, I'm in there praying constantly until <laughs> I go on stage. <laughs> and sometimes, spontaneously, my talks change because I literally will hear a message that says, talk to them about this, you know, or talk mm-hmm. to them about blah, blah, blah. And so I always go with that because I know that it's, you know, when you're in that space, you know that you can change things around. Bonnie was sharing this morning. Um, she and I share offices and, um, and stuff. And so this morning she was saying that last night she totally left her notes behind. And it felt spontaneous and cool. And I watched the performance, you know, her, not performance, but I, I watched her talk. And it was great. <laughs> she, she, she nailed each of her, you know, of her segments and her spots. Because when it becomes us and it's our, it's our talk and who we are, doesn't it just flow through us, Carrie, and it's natural? Yes. Yep, you're just a channel of information at that point. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I like that. And it's all in us anyways. The notes keep us stuck in our head, so I try not to have any because then I'm in my head not listening, like you mentioned, to the audience or feeling what the vibration of the room needs at that time. You're forgetting that, you again, you're just, just being a channel. Like like Marianne Williamson says, just be, just be the faucet, let God be the water. And if you're in your head too much, you kind of throw off that energy a little bit. And people can feel that in the audience. They can feel when you're trying to be too scripted. It's not as authentic. Yeah. So good for you, Bonnie, for leaving your notes. No, no, no. And here's the thing. For me, my notes were like the outline. You know, it was like, okay, these are like the six things that I want to talk about. Yep. You know what I mean? And then it wasn't like, it wasn't any kind of verbatim thing because, first of all, I can't see, okay? I I wouldn't even be able to read the notes unless I was wearing glasses, which I'm not going to sit and read the the notes on stage. That would be terrible. But, oh, my goodness. That's so funny. But you know what? You brought up something that actually I do want to talk about a little bit. So I am somebody, Carrie, who is extremely shy. And um, so a lot of times, you know, like when I first went on stage the first time, I actually kind of almost froze a bit. And so to me, one of the reasons why I carry like the one sheet of paper up that have the notes on them, and which I ended up literally putting down in two seconds, is because to me, that's like, okay, you don't have to freeze. Like, I kind of got your back here. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you don't know what to say, there's something on this paper that's going to remind you. It was your, it's your little comfort blanket. Yes. 
<laughs> exactly. I'm like Linus carrying around my piece of paper <laughs> so that I can make sure that I get all my points. It's so funny. <laughs> well, a lot, of us, a lot of us use our, our PowerPoint to remind us everybody has something. But when you do a TED Talk type style or a typical keynote, a lot of us might have only an image or two that they'll show on the big screen above us, may not have a full PowerPoint. So mm-hmm. it is it is a comfort thing. I understand 100%. You know, and I, the last talk I did, I didn't get to take notes. So I, I had to do a little memory, silly, fun stuff just to remember my outline based on, an, an you know, like more of a, what is it? I don't know, an enneagram. I'm trying to think of what what word I'm thinking of. I had to have a, like, I think I used the word lead, and I had to have each four points start with L-E-A-D. And that's how mm-hmm. I remembered my talk. So that's kind of like a quick oh, that's point. smart. Yeah. So because who can remember A B C D or one two three four or whatever that is <laughs> for your bullet points? <laughs> right. right. It's like we have to come up with something. Yeah. Yes. Creative memory. Yes, for sure. Whatever you can do to to make it make it fun and easy, and then you can kind of remember which letter you're on. Um, but that, I get that's it. Beautiful. <laughs> that's lovely. You know, I will tell everybody, and I always have. I've done um, in my business. Uh, I remember the last time I was actually going to do a, like, infomercial, not a real infomercial that cost, you know, $100,000, but, you know, a type of a commercial infomercial type stuff to do an ad on Facebook. And I had a, a partner that, that flew into L.A., and we were working it, and we had our camera crew. I could not remember a dang thing. And I would keep saying, I'm not an actress. <laughs> I can't remember the lines, you know. And so I blew it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this project because I could not do that. And then I realized, you know what, honey, you just like, you know, you have a clue of a word and just tell everybody, sorry, I have to wing it here. You know, we have to just move forward. So next yeah. time I'll be, I'll be doing it that way. But it can really throw people. So there's, um, can we just, I just feel inspired to talk about a few techniques for calming. Do you want to talk about that, Carrie? Yes, absolutely. I was going to anyway. Bonnie brought it up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I am listening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, I'm, I've got my techniques, but i I breathe. So I, um, I'm a very big breather, and I believe that not only does it keep us calm, but it all also um, is very good for our body and our system. You know, people are like, you're how old are you? And I'm like, it's all the breath work I do. <laughs> so, um, so literally I breathe in on the count of four. I hold that stillness for four. Then I exhale on the count of four, and I hold that empty space for four. Because we think, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. There's not enough air. <laughs> but what it does is you can stretch it out even further to the count of five, seven, and ten. And it really keeps you very calm. You know, there, that's why meditations and, and breathing practices are so important when you're doing, you know, anything that you need to be still. And then I just, I stay in that space and I continue to ask, because I'm a God girl, and I continue to ask, Am I on the right path? Is this the right topic for this audience? I even say, you see what they're like. I haven't. I'm back here. You know, I'm talking to God. <laughs> so, you know, that's why sometimes certain things change. But um, And it's really, again, for me, about serving someone else 
And that's why my opening line generally knocks them on the floor and they all start crying. And then they listen, you know, because the crying in a good way, it touches them. Um, So that's how, that's almost how I break down the audience, you know, and that sounds funny. I've never used that word before, but literally we're giving them something that's so powerful and special that any preconceived notions of, you know, because not everybody is in alignment with the idea that we're just here to listen. Sometimes somebody comes out on stage and they're, they're judged by individuals. They're too skinny, too big, too tall, too short, too light, too dark. Look at that outfit. So it's about breaking past what they visually are seeing and connecting to the message. You are so right. We can feel that when we walk on the stage, too, and people are doing it subconsciously, so it's not the audience is out to get you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. They're just, yeah, exactly. They're just curious. (laughs) And I'm raising my my hand because I don't go without fault. You know, I've done it, too. I'm judged by by not, you know, being present or by not, you know, being exactly me. And then I've said, whoops, that's not right. So I get it. You know, we all we all are human. Right, 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 so, right. Addition, additional tips? Well, I, I, I go back to this, and I just finished helping my dad transcribe his first book, and he's 78 years old. And I didn't really learn this about him until I started writing about this particular chapter, and he's an evangelist. He's a pastor. But I didn't know that my dad was such an introvert and that he was terrified to speak. And this is a man that pastored a church and still, to this day, is in the jail ministry after 22 years. So how does an introvert get out of their own way? And his is obviously was just let, you know, God, you be the words all the time. You know, just like Mia said, you when you learn it's not really about you, it takes all that pressure off. You know, it's really about just you being the voice in the moment. And all of a sudden what shoes you decided to wear don't matter. And is your <laughs> hair look, does your hair look okay? That doesn't matter anymore. It's about connection at that, pay, at that space. But I like to do the breathing. I like to put my hand on my heart skin on skin, kind of while I'm doing my own breathing techniques, and just kind of, again, reconnect to myself, because it does ground you so that you can come from a space of solid, you know, serious content versus in my head, all over the place, scattered kind of mindset, and again, your audience can feel that, and I like that you make them cry when you first get on the stage, because you either got to make them laugh or make them cry. Some kind of an emotion to help them break their walls down because especially, I'm sure you guys have all seen this, you've got the body language of their arms crossed in front of them, especially if they think you're going to sell them anything today or, you know, they think super tough. And they're like, oh, no, you're not getting me. Mm-mm. I heard the last four speakers and they all sold me something. So you've got to break down that barrier and connect right away within those first couple seconds. You know, so just do something or give them an activity like get up, you know, and give your business card to the next four people around you. It does break down the barrier. Yeah, breaks the barrier down. And now you're in full connection mode. That's a great tip. I have to tell you something really funny, Carrie, because this is something that I've been doing for a long time because I'm one of the people, like, I'm a super intense person. And for some reason, this is going to be the weirdest tip you've ever heard in your life, okay? <laughs> I'm a really intense person. And for some reason, before I go to speak, I get super, super horny. 
I do not know why that is. And like literally, I have to do, I have to, when I know that I'm going to speak before I leave, I seriously do a self-pleasure practice. I'm not kidding. No joke. Okay, I know you this win. about her. She's told me for years. <laughs> you win. It. It's funny, yes. Carrie. It calms my, because it re-centers me in my body and gets yeah. me out of my head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I know it sounds like totally crazy, and you would think, like, well, what would that really honestly do? But truthfully <laughs> and honestly, it really makes a difference because I'm not somebody who practices getting up talking I mean, I don't even practice doing my talks. Like, I really wrote notes out and had a conversation in the car about what I was going to talk about. And the funny thing is, it's like I'm not really like a formal, what I call a formal speaker. You know, yeah, I can go out there and do Facebook Lives and I can do spontaneous video, but that's very different than going and speaking on the stage. So I think that what that actually does for me is really kind of gets me out of my head and into my body so that I can channel. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can allow that stuff to go through. So, you know, you know, you know what it does? You know, on a psychological level, Bonnie and Carrie, what that does is it not only, of course, is getting the um, endorphins and the oxytocin flowing, but it brings in, so that love drug makes us confident and we feel empowered because we feel... It, you know, confident and sexy. And so what she just shared, people might be shaking their head, but you know what? It really is the most powerful way to get ready for photo shoots, TV shoots, uh, video shoots. Exactly, because you're, you're getting into that place of empowerment. So that, that's just why I... I actually texted her while we're on air right now, and I go, sex butter, and she started laughing. (laughs) Well, because I was like, I don't know, should I give that tip or not? (laughs) Is Carrie going to be open, or is she going to be like, what the heck? Are you kidding? Carrie's like, whatever works, girl. Yes. I'm taking notes. I'm like, from now on, Bonnie Mm -hmm. needs, in her green room, she will need. You know, vibrators <laughs> and some batteries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my God! And you want to hear the best? Okay, the best. Oh so I got this necklace. It's called the Crave. It's actually a vibrator. Sweet. <laughs> it, looks like, it, looks like a, it looks like a skinny whistle. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. yes. There you go. Oh my so gosh. <laughs> No extra. Okay. She's set. She's got her own toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That's so funny. Okay. So, um, one thing that, um, okay. So you finish. Carrie, finish up where we were, and we'll move on. <laughs> That's right. I don't see it any differently than taking a shot, you know, or drinking a shot quick, or having a glass of wine. Again, right. it's kind of calms. Yeah, it gets you out of your head. Yeah. I'm down with yeah. that. Whatever works. That's awesome. I might have right, to try exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> as long as it's not being done on the stage. Right. <laughs> oh, Bonnie, I love you so much. You know, <laughs> when, I, when I first heard, you know, Bonnie and I have been very close friends for many, many years. And, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about just business, but social as well. And so, you know, I would come over to her house and, and um, she'd be... You know, we'd be either getting out to, to go somewhere, and she'd say, yeah, so last night when I had this 
event, and she'd tell me, I'm like, oh, my God, she's an effing rock star. You know, she's amazing. <laughs> because it literally anything that does, you know, uh, get you out of that fear space is, you know, and it doesn't hurt anybody is, is, is awesome to do. Yes, I'm down for it. <laughs> so well, especially, you know, when you're going on stage. I mean, that's like... That, that's terrifying to me. I am a total introvert. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm an introvert and, like, I just, I also am very empathic. So, you know what, actually, you know what I was thinking about, Carrie, is, like, so for people that are empathic and they pick up people's energies and they're feeling negative energies, what are some tips that you could give, you know, for those type of people also that are going to be going on stage? Well, I... I'm super empathic as well. So the key is, and I notice with myself, I don't do well if I've already listened to the last four speakers before it's my turn. If I'm sitting mm-hmm. in the audience, I don't do well because I'm picking up on how that person, what their anxiety was speaking. I can feel the audience's reaction to that particular speaker. And if it wasn't pleasant, mm-hmm. it can throw me off my game. So I've, I've learned the hard way to just kind of be somewhere else. You know, you want to support your colleagues. But right before you speak, you really shouldn't be watching someone else because you're going to pick up other energies that are not yours. I like to pick two to three people in the audience that I feel are my people. Where are my people? That's like the first thing I look for as soon as I walk on stage. And I grew up in theater, so I cheated a little bit. I got lots of acting experience with scripts. And I, can, <laughs> I can memorize scripts, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I just just blew any producer out there who might hear this and say, dang, we were thinking of using her on a show. That's right. All done. Down the drain it goes. You know, you just reminded me of something, um, and Bonnie had asked me to speak about this. Um, A year and a half ago, I spoke at a really great event, and that was – our keynote speaker was Marianne Williamson, and this was in New York City, and it was so exciting. You know, I took a week, uh, you know, just to enjoy the whole process since I live in L.A. And you had said, you know, so this was one of the biggest speaking things that I have done because of Marianne Williamson's status. And so it's interesting because, you know, we had hair and makeup in, in like a green room, and and um, I'm walking back and forth on stage, you know, behind the stage waiting for my turn, and I'm listening to the speaker in front of me. And instead of being inspired by her talk, this is why at that point I kept saying, okay, Father, you tell me what to say, because what I heard the first things were was me, 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 mm-hmm. me. Yes. It was about yes. her mansion and about this. And about that, where was the substance in the talk? It's not giving, it's, you know, pulling to receive. And so Mm -hmm. as I was standing there, I not only, as a professional, it made me gag, um, but I, you know, and and I wasn't saying that's not being unloving. It literally was, okay, Father, I need to dig deeper, and you tell me what I need to talk about. And so in that moment, um, my and also very interesting. Um, Marianne's incredibly quiet. Marianne Williamson is incredibly yeah, quiet she when is. she comes in. Just she's mm-hmm. solid by herself. And um, I glanced at her. I uh, asked the people, "Does she have everything you know she needs?" 
And they were like, yeah, you know, the event coordinators. And I left her alone because, you know, I've grown up in Hollywood and it's no big deal, really. But everybody else was all over her. So what happened was very valuable and precious. I even gave up 10 minutes of my time to talk to her because she needed a little bit more time, they said. And I'm like, I'm happy to give her my, you know, some of my time. So that meant that my talk was adjusted, you know, in time. I had to read it. So I'm standing on the in the black wing and it's dark and I hear this person talking about in front of me about her mansion and this and that and I said, Father, what do I need to talk about to connect to these people, to bring them something that they um, truly need to hear? And so my talk, even though it opened the same way and it ended the same way, part of the middle, because it was a lot shorter, um, was about something totally different than I've ever shared publicly before. Yes, it had people crying and, you know, people were at lunch were running up to me and all this. But the, the beauty of, and this is what I want to share with speakers and people in a heart-based industry, the beauty of being congruent with your message and working on your emotional intelligent level so that you can really serve people. It's, it, yes, we need an income, but it is about the work that we're gifting the world. And so Marianne Williamson up on stage apparently she was listening to me. Isn't that unbelievable? Because she cited what I said uh, two or three times on stage saying, just as Mia said. And I can't tell you how amazing that felt. I felt like all the accolades over my entire life were gifted to me in that one moment, literally. <laughs> you know, to be seen and heard by somebody in our industry that, that represents so much deep love you know it was really mm -hmm. really beautiful so it's about being congruent with how we can help people it's not about us you know we share our stories and stuff on stage and our work but literally it's not about us it's not about the cars we drive the mansions whatever you know that hocus pocus bs is it's about how can people heal serve and love Absolutely. And you can be talking about sex butter or or curious <laughs> agencies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. It all has the same theme. So, so that, was pretty, that was pretty amazing because it was almost like um, it was being gifted something greater, you know, just by by literally wanting to serve mankind. And so I think that that's part of the gratitude in the story, too, is like, wow, this transpired because I just want to serve, you know, kind of thing. Right. I think it's a blessing that she got you before her than the other girl that you had to listen to before you got on stage. You were <laughs> in the right space of mind. And that, she was absolutely yes. listening. Otherwise, she wouldn't have quoted you. Right. That's right. That's right. We also want to ask you a couple questions about, like, uh, newsworthy press releases and, and things like that. We hear about press releases. Can you tell us, um, from your professional standpoint, <laughs> exactly what they are and what purpose they serve? Because I know there's white sheets and there's this and there's that. So would you like to share with us that kind of Yes. Input? Well, what is I all that? Because I don't know what any of that is, so you're going to have to explain. Well, that's what she's going to tell us. <laughs> that's what she's going to tell us. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm like, okay. white sheet? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's on your bed right now. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> no, I understand completely. You know, press release, I thought, had kind of died because it's something, again, I did a lot as a publicist almost 10 years ago, but it isn't. It's the key to everything. Now, social media obviously has played such a big part in our work now, but a press release, a lot of people get confused thinking, isn't that the same as a blog? If I just blog about it on my website, isn't that the same? The answer is no, unless you have a huge blog site like Huffington Post or, you know, Mind Body Green, where you've got tons of visibility, lots of followers. A press release is something you want to do because it gets picked up by news stations. So if you want to get interviewed on a news channel locally or nationally, which is even better, you want to trickle this stuff out. So as a publicist, and that, I wouldn't suggest anyone tackle this themselves if they're not familiar. A publicist's role really is just to package a, a public figure in a very nice, neat way, but also very strategic. We use focused keywords, you know, and it's just a short document, Bonnie, of think of like a news article back in the day we opened up the newspaper that's what we did with our morning you know coffee mm-hmm. today we we look at our smartphones or our tablets or, or our laptops now and that's where we get our our information from and when it's a press release is written properly for example say you're launching your business or there's a restaurant down the street that's opening up or your book is coming out anything that's newsworthy like a, a, a little milestone in your business you don't want to blog or, or write about that in a press release that, oh, today, you know, I, I discovered that, you know, Bonnie pleases herself before she goes on stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that could be newsworthy, and I might use that. I'm just kidding. Guaranteed <laughs> it will be. I know, right? This is totally so memorable but anyway (laughs) Um, the key the key is you want certain focus keywords and then we submit it through a company like PR web or PR newswire because the SEO is often it actually gets spit out to like 500 different news journals so one press release can go take a viral effect quickly and you never know when that one person picks up it could be NBC in Montana somewhere that says, you know what, your story's interesting. We want to feature you on our morning show. A lot of the time that happens. Next thing you know, you're talking about your book somewhere in Montana. So there's so much fun that can be had and so much viral activity, not to mention, of course, you know, your, your SEO rankings and people type in your name and all that fun Google stuff pops up. But press release has been kind of shoved to the wayside when social media showed up, people forgot. Well, social media, you only, only your followers are seeing this. You can get, you know, 100 times more visibility with a press release. And if it's done correctly with certain focus keywords, it'll help you show up in search rankings as well on SEO. So I like to tackle this as like step one whenever we're launching a product or a person's new speaking brand is getting out there or their new talk. I really like to, or a book, I really like to start there with a series of maybe three in a row and <clears throat> just go Three in there. a row, three press re- releases? Yes. Yeah, okay. like two, like every two weeks, kind of spit out a nice little chain and, and go from there. It's so much fun, so much fun. And it does, it does pick up, pick up um, all over the place. You know, it really does. It helps get that visibility, especially if it's like a restaurant opening and people, oh, that down the street, I didn't know what that was. People are reading it. It's getting it's getting put on the, the right websites. So is it a different type of press release that you would do for like a local somebody who's kind of like in a local based vicinity 
versus somebody who is kind of more universal? Well, I work with global clients, so I have to okay. be broad when I cast my net, for sure. I have a, I had a client in Australia, I have a speaking client there, and she wants to get more speaking engagements in the U.S. So we did a press release about an award she won in India, speaking on stage. And we had it shot out to 500 websites all in the U.S. Because, we, again, we want that visibility here because we want to get her more speaking engagements in the United States. So it's all about where's the target, where can we point it, and let's just shoot that arrow, you know, kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's all strategically done. Nothing's done any other way in my book. So do you find that, like, there's certain topics that are a lot more in demand to be spoken about than other topics? Well, it does, again, it's, it, we're kind of in this coaching industry where we feel like everybody's talking about the same thing. I don't know if you can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it's again, it's finding the sweet spot. After consulting a client for quite a few times, you know, that's kind of my tagline, too, is consult, then we create, then we connect can't connect first you have to like figure out what we're trying to you know that uh, creation space needs to happen first what Uh are your audience looking for you know when I um get people on television we the goal is not to promote your book the goal is to talk about you know current events you know being caught up in what's going on Um, one of my speakers spoke here locally in Vegas right around the time it was International Women's Day pro bonus, you know, yay, we can land that because she's also a business, a women's business mentor. So that worked out. But she also did a speaking talk around school shootings and what it's like to be a mm. mom and how to, because she's a mom of teenagers, how to calm them, what to say to them when this happens. So you've got to be really relevant in current events. The key is to, that's your hook to get in there because not all, not all TV interviews, they're not going to, if you just raise your hand and say, hey, i got a book coming out. They see this every day. There's 4,500 books published a day. So you can imagine well, the space out there um, mm-hmm. of people trying to get on television for that. But have something relevant. Maybe it's a chapter in your book that also happens to be very relevant to what's currently going on in the news. They want newsworthy mm-hmm. stuff, too. They want mm-hmm. people to tune in, not tune out. So. So it's kind of fun, but you can always still kind of put, and there's more in so-and-so's book, you know, catch it on Amazon or whatever, too. You can still get your plug in there. But so many people lead wrong. They lead on the wrong foot, and that's why they get a no after no after no when they're trying to promote something. So it's all about finding that sweet spot of what you're doing. Mm. I love that. That's beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, if if someone... My belief is I've been interviewing people for uh, nine years on um, this is my third show. And so yeah. um, my other shows were more, you know, with, with my love business and all. So if you have a heart-based business and you are a heart-based person or, or wait a minute, not even a heart-based business, but you are a heart-based person, you can get up and well, maybe it's just me. I've been told I have a Chimu <laughs> show, which is like, you know, I can sell anybody anything. So um, so I, my belief is, is you can almost, like I tell people, I can sell you cat food telling you that that's self-love for your cat, and I can explain why. You know, because yeah. if you know your stuff so well, you should be able to support with the same line of thinking that you use to support current events, current affairs, your view, yes. their, whatever, you have it within you. 
And what I've found is that people become so frightened of themselves that they can't just allow that natural flow. You know, it, mm-hmm. takes, it takes a lot of practice. In fact, one of my um, dear friends who um, I swore I would never uh, interview him ever again after he came on my show and, and like froze years ago is now like a whiz kid at this stuff because I've pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. Like, do this, do this, do this. Now he's brilliant. You know, he's out of his own way and he speaks all the time. So it's, it is about practice too, isn't it, Carrie? Yes. No, but you're 100% right. You know your core. So when your roots yeah. run deep, like a tree, you can handle any windstorm. It's not going to break. That's right. And That's I right. know my core, too. You know, I'm all about, if you've got a story, get it out there. I want to, if mm-hmm. you've got a purpose, let's shine that light on you. What are you waiting for? Time is ticking. Mm-hmm. People need you. Get out there. Stop hiding. So when mm-hmm. we know what fuels us in our gut, the rest is, it's frosting, right? It's just easy. It's like, I, you can throw mm-hmm. me anywhere, impromptu or not. I know my core, what I stand for. Now, if you want me to talk about car transmissions, I'm not going to do so good. (laughs) I'm Mm going to falter a little bit, probably freeze, (laughs) because I don't know anything about that. But, you know, it's about the core of, you know, but if you want to tell me why you want to be a mechanic and help people, then maybe I can help you there. I could talk about that. But, you know, it's, it's, again, it goes back to what's, what's your roots. And then those people that are afraid to speak don't know. They're too busy trying to fit in instead of standing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting how all of this is really, um, it's so deeply connected to who we are as humans, because storytelling is so powerful, and it's the way it's always been, before there were books or slates, and even cave drawings, we were telling stories so that people can learn and remember. Education was taught through storytelling. So it really is the most valuable uh, connection. And when I think if we see it as such, and would you agree with this, both of you, when we see this as, as such, it really allows us to be in a different frame of mind. Because we're not taught in current and modern society and haven't been about storytelling and about tell your story or bring it from your heart or you already know this, you know, that seems to be the optimistic way. And so were we more optimistic (laughs) thousands of years ago? (laughs) No kidding. Well, it's a connections piece. You know, the, the content comes from your head and storytelling comes from your heart. So there's some that energy of, oh, you're talking to me. You're painting the picture. I can relate to this. You're not telling me you're better than me by sharing all this content because, again, it goes back to that subconscious judgmental, this person's going to try to tell me I'm stupid and they've got all the answers and I need to buy their stuff. It's, oh, you're just sharing a story. Now I can relax and just listen and listen for the parts that I can identify with. Now I'm mm-hmm. human to human. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it works. Right. It's so helpful. And everything, and everything can be put into that. Um, that cognitive, you know, connection space. It, literally, yeah. at least I, I believe we, we can do it that way. I've always been told, it's so strange, psychics will tell me, you paint with your words, paint more. And I'm yeah. like, wow, okay. So that means that I'm a, you know, I can either write or speak with my words and, and they mm-hmm. form pictures. And I think everybody has that ability. I really do. I just think that it's untapped for people. Yes, I agree. 
What else about the, the newsworthy press releases, or can you share with us the difference between different press releases, like a white sheet or, you know, some other stuff? Because some people like Bonnie and and even me are like, we want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a white sheet sometimes is almost a, <clears throat> in my past experience, we use them as templates or something that could be reused more than once. Um we would have white papers at the company I worked for where multiple coaches could use it and just kind of repurpose it for their own name with a template in my book. So I could be incorrect in saying that, but that's the only time I've ever used anything like that before. Otherwise, I believe they're pretty much one and the same. Press mm-hmm. release sometimes can be longer than a white sheet, too, where a white sheet can be more yes. of the bullet points of what's happening. It can be like mm-hmm. a short, simple version, like the cliff notes maybe of a longer press release. But again, a press release, you don't want it to be as long as a blog. A blog is 300 to 500 words or more. In fact, they encourage you to write more to pick up that SEO and the content side of your website. But a press release, you do want it to be to the point. You know, it's just like your videos. You want them to be to the point unless it's a training. You know, go people mm-hmm. people buzz off too fast these days. We're, we're moving quickly or we're looking at our phone during, you know, waiting for the doctor or the light to turn green, God forbid, <laughs> top light. And if mm-hmm. you can't catch them quick, you might miss them all together. So the key is to get, you know, pretty efficient with your wording. Mm-hmm. That's where you don't want to paint a story too long, Mia. <laughs> right, right. Because, paint well, in, in any, I think in anything, right, you, you lose people. Yeah. Unless they're prepared mentally, like I'm going to dig in, I've got my pad and paper, I'm going to take notes like a webinar or something, or they know they're going to be trained. Otherwise, yeah, if we're just moving with life and they found you on their smartphone quick, it's got to be fast. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, so when you say like fast, so- how, how fast? Like what, what type? So like, for instance, like what's a good amount to have for like just a on-the-fly video? Like one to three minutes, two minutes? If you're looking to just gain more followers, and you want just quick in their face content, one to three minutes. In fact, okay. our highlight reels even for our speaking gigs, because we do a lot of video editing here at our agency. We've got a video editor on staff that will qu- create like a quick movie trailer. Think of like a movie trailer when you think of maybe, and this is something a little bit off topic, but when you're promoting yourself as a speaker, they are going to ask you for a highlight reel. Give me some content of you speaking on stage. We want to know. And the key is to make sure you've got that quick one to two minute sound bites almost of what you do, which catches their attention and then they want to maybe learn more and possibly hire you. So so two to, one to three minutes is a good place to play. If it's a training, 15 minutes and more is fine as long as people know it's a training <laughs> up front. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. so, you know, it, I'm curious as to, I've got to think about how I wanted to say this, but basically... How, like, when we're doing videos, you know, how important is it, like, as a, to be all dressed up, all made up, all looking perfect, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we don't always look perfect. Is it better to be more authentic at times so that you can get video content out there, or is it more important that... It's all done perfectly with, like, a lot of scripting behind the scenes and stuff. 
It depends on your audience. If it's a Facebook Live, I say no makeup works better than all prim and proper. You're going to grab people. It's for connection. Facebook Live's for connecting because you're mm-hmm. connecting and talking and they're asking questions. If it's your highlight reel for your speaking video, please look as professional as possible. You want to show people that you take your business seriously. That's what's going to get you paid five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars per talk. Um, but if it's just uh, you know a quick video blog of this is me in the moment, I shoot a lot of video right from my office because that's where I'm at. It's quick, it's fast, and I upload it. It's a thought of the day kind of thing. I don't put a lot of time and effort into it. I barely barely have any bullet points. It's just start, stop, upload. <laughs> so you know it just depends on the audience that you're going with. If you're looking to connect or if you're trying to look more polished, in all honesty, the more polished and perfect you look, the less relatable you are. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to know, see? And I would have completely thought it would have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. But but remember, polished is your behavior, not so much your looks. Right. right. It's, it's the joy oh, of okay. the happy, the, the communication, the laughter, the bringing people from the audience in because you want to connect with them. Right, yeah. but if you're too scripted, like you can tell you're almost reading this word for word and you're so on point and your video is so perfect, people can't relate to perfect. They just don't know who that is. They're not that person. So mm-hmm. it almost kind of alienates you a little bit if you overdo it there. Again, mm-hmm. be authentic. Screw up once in a while. How many times have we seen people screw up their lines or say something silly or something's not working on stage and we immediately our heart goes out to them like, oh, I totally get you. I had that kind of day yesterday. We automatically love them, you know, in, in their right. inability to be perfect, you know, in their inconvenience or whatever. So it's because okay it's be relatability. Human. Yeah, it's yeah. relatability. Yes. Love Oh, that. my God, that's so funny. I think I want to make a video of all the bloopers I've ever done, but I, I don't want <laughs> yes. to deal with it. But it would be funny, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I used to save the bloopers just for that purpose because I thought that they were hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they and I know that one one time when my system crashed and I didn't have the you know, like five years ago or four years ago and I didn't have the proper backup stuff, I, I did lose everything, but man, some of that stuff is funny, isn't it? <laughs> yes it is. Oh, one minute. Lots yeah. of, a lot of F bombs from me. <laughs> when it's video yeah. anyway, not audio stuff, but video. <laughs> yeah. So Custom Carrie, we're swear. out of time. Yeah. We're out of yeah. time, but you have been lovely. We've so enjoyed this. Um, we this has like been tea with tea with the girls. It's been amazing. What would you like to leave us with for the audience? I mean, you've left, you've left us with so much. So <laughs> more than anything, I want you to. You've heard Bonnie say she's an introvert. Most people don't realize that. I'm an extreme social introvert. I'm fine on stage. But don't <laughs> but don't put me in a room networking. I do not. I'm better one on one than than trying to mingle with the crowd and. And it doesn't matter if you think you're not the social butterfly and you have this message inside of you to speak and get out there more, do it. It's your life purpose. You will want to lay on your deathbed and go, I did it. I gave it my all. There's content out there. This stuff lives on beyond us. Thank God for video and content online. That stuff gets to to keep going after you're gone. So just put it out there. We all are introverts in some way. Not all of us are social butterflies. And I believe your passion will overseed any fear you have of the stage or the camera. So please do it. It's your God-given right. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we'll chat with you next week. Thank you, guys.
Thanks.